0: I'm your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, founder and president of Gen Next Wealth. I couldn't be more excited to be sitting here talking to you today on the Minority Money Podcast. This is something that's been on my heart for, I'd say, at least 18 months, if not longer. I couldn't sleep. I was just all excited about trying to get this out. And it came into existence because of friends and family and people that I knew would always tell me that I needed to have somewhere where I could speak about different issues as it pertains to money and minorities. So today, I'm just going to give you a brief introduction about what the show is going to be about. I'll give you a little history of myself. We'll talk about my family, about my background and my passion for the minority money audience that we'll be developing here. I'm beyond ecstatic about this. So without further ado, we're going to talk about the Minority Money Podcast and how we are going to change the complexion of wealth. So the reason why this podcast exists is so we can talk about some different issues, our topics, I should say. And the topics are going to be family, finance, health, and education, and how all those things tie together to help people with their overall wealth. So I'll give you a little history of myself. I started in the financial services industry back in 2001 and it's been pretty much where I've spent most of my career. I started in banking and it was interesting to work at the bank and it was a great place for me to start. Working at the bank, just because you work there, I still didn't have quite the understanding of money that I have now, but it was definitely a great place to start. As I started to learn more as a teller, one of the first things I learned about was credit because we were selling credit cards while I was at the bank. So as we're doing this with the credit cards, I got a credit card. And then I found out how to fix credit because I had to fix my own. It was my first experience with credit. Didn't really have conversations with my family about money. And I know there's a lot of people out there that can relate to that. We just didn't have those conversations. We weren't talking about credit when I was growing up. We didn't talk about investments. I didn't know what stocks were. I didn't know what bonds were. I didn't know what mutual funds were. I found that out in school, in a personal finance class, still didn't know how there was, you know, real application or how to use those things, even though I did work at the bank. But that's where I learned. I learned it from a personal finance class. Now, I had taken economics classes, I'd taken other things like most people have, but it doesn't get into the real nitty gritty of how all those things work. And so as we get into the podcast even more, we'll have different shows where we'll talk to credit experts and where we're going to talk to experts in education. And we'll talk to health experts. And we'll also be talking to some family counselors that will help us really dig in to how important those things are and how they do affect your overall wealth. So with that, we'll continue into my history. So working at the bank was a great start. And then from there, I got out of banking and I started to work at an, at an insurance company. And, and while I worked at the insurance company, I sold a lot of insurance. But one of the things that really stuck out to me and why I thought the health part of this would be very, very instrumental was because when I was selling the insurance, there was something that caught my attention. As I was working with other minority families, I was having a real issue trying to get middle-aged Black men approved for life insurance because of numerous health issues, whether it was high blood pressure, whether it was diabetes, whether it was sleep apnea or whatever it was. And that really it worried me because eventually I was going to be a middle-aged Black man myself. And I was like, why is it so hard for this in particular group of people to stay healthy? As I started to think about that more it was poor choices of food, lack of working out, just not taking care of themselves. And that was very, very scary to me. It actually prompted me to make some changes in my own life about the way that I eat and how physically active I am. And it really just prompted a lot of things. So that's the reason why we have that part on the show. As I get into my own history, the reason why I thought I could be the the voice, if you will, for the minorities is one, I, I am a minority, but not just because I'm black, but There was a few other boxes that I checked when I looked at being a minority. I I was raised by a single mom. I was a single parent for a little while. I've been through a divorce. My mom was a lesbian and that was different. Those are all minority boxes that get checked. As I started to think about the name of the podcast, Minority Money, the reason why I went with that is because it was very direct in who I was trying to reach. A lot of the issues that I've had growing up, whether it was, you know, with family, with finance, with health or education, I thought that it was important to go out there and be a voice for these people. So this group of people and the group of people being minorities. So I wanted to be very, very specific and pointed with who I was talking to doesn't mean that if you're not a minority, you can't listen. I think that the topics that we're going to talk about are going to work for most people in general. I just wanted to make sure that the minorities knew that I was thinking of them and then myself and things that would help me as if I could have someone you know that looked like me, talked like me, acted like me, and, and understood some of the cultural things that we'll go through. That's a little bit of my history. I get into my family a little bit. I, I married my beautiful wife, Maricela. Yes, she's Latina. We have three kids. We have Jada, Mia and the II. And so that was another box that we checked. We have a biracial children. And that's another minority group. And so as you see that, you'll appreciate how many minority boxes we actually check. So with that, I'll get into a little bit more of my background about why the podcast and how we started it and the passion that I have for the minority community. So the real passion started when I was working at the insurance company what was happening, most of my clients were leaving advisors and coming to me. And when I started to look at my clients, I was looking at all my clients and 80% of my clients were minorities. Now, when they were coming to me, they would ask me questions that you would think that they would know the answer to. But a lot of times when I was talking to people, people didn't know what a mutual fund was, didn't understand what a stock was, didn't understand what you know a bond was or how taxes worked or anything like that. When I begin to think about that, these clients are coming out and they're talking about all these things and are asking me all these questions. I'm like, "Wow, how do they not know that?" you know, and I'm thinking that they should just know these things. But when I begin to look at my own situation, I was like, "I didn't know any of those things." And the only reason I actually begin to learn those things is because of the profession that I picked and and so now I'm able to become more of an expert in those different topics, whether it was financial planning, investments, estate planning, different topics that people were interested in. I talked a little bit about family, but I'm going to circle back to family again because I didn't really spend a lot of time on my upbringing. So I was raised by my grandparents and my mom. It was a community effort. In 2002, my mom passed away from a drug overdose. I was not aware Of my mom's drug addiction at the time. In hindsight, it was a tough time for myself. It was a very tough time for my family. My grandmother went through a lot after that. And it just really was a tough time. One thing I can say about my mom and being responsible, she had life insurance. And this was the first time that I seen life insurance in action very, very close to my family. So when my mom passed away, she had her life insurance policy and I was able to take care of everything. And I'm like, oh, wow, this this is how this life insurance thing works. Well, lo and behold, about I'd say it was less than a year later, I started getting into the life insurance industry and it was because of that moment where my mom passed away and I seen what happened with the life insurance and I seen how important it was. Now, she didn't have a huge policy. She had enough to take care of her final expenses, get everything taken care of. But I seen how important that was. That changed my life. That moment right there changed my life. And so after that, I begin to go through some of my own personal changes that it was a difficult time. You have a 20-year-old young man, don't have a relationship with my father and my mom passes away from a drug overdose. I'm raised by my grandparents. And as you begin to look at this story, it's not some story that you haven't heard before, but the fact that we were able to come out of that and have a little resilience. And it's like I said, it, it took a community, it took a village to raise me, between my aunts and my uncles and and different people from playing sports and all stuff. And all these people were around and were there to help me through this. As the family, so that that's a little bit of my background. Why I thought this would be a good thing to share on the podcast, and it's it's a it's a difficult thing. A lot of people don't know that about me. A lot of people know my mom passed away. They don't know how, but I felt like I want you to get to know the why behind this whole thing. And this podcast is for people that are going through stuff, whether it's financial, whether it's things with your family, whether it's health issues, and education. So as I'm thinking about education, it wasn't a big deal in my home. I wasn't raised where they would say, okay, yeah, you know what, Emlyn, you're going to go to college. This is the plan. You're going to go to college and you're going to do this. College was an option. And if I wanted to go, I could go. If I never stepped foot on a college campus, my grandparents would have not really cared. Not that that was wrong. And I'm not saying everybody needs to go to college, but it wasn't, it wasn't a focus for, for my family. They're like, go get a good job. And take care of your business, pay your bills on time. And and that's what you should do. And I didn't really think about it. But as I began to work in the industry that I was in, I was working around people that some of my colleagues, and I began to hear some of the conversations that they would have about college and about how important that was and, and seeing how all of that helped individuals perpetuate wealth. Like they were able to grow their wealth by this by having this education and it wasn't only education about, you know, just academic knowledge but it was also, you know, financial knowledge that that they were sharing with their children. I would hear some of the things that they would say and and that was incredible to me and I think I was able to learn some of that stuff. The ultimate goal of the podcast is to change the complexion of wealth. Currently, for every $100 that a white family has, a minority family has less than $10. Less than $10. And that to me was like I mean I was sitting there with my mouth wide open as I read this and as I was reading this, I couldn't help but think how do we change that how do we change the complexion of wealth how do we get out here and and talk about the minority money mindset where I remember graduating from high school and the first thing that I wanted to do was buy a new car and then I wanted to put some rims on the car. And then I had to put a new stereo in the car, not saving money. Saving money was not even anywhere on my mind. All I could think about was buying the next pair of Jordans. And as that began to like, you only buy so many pairs of Jordans, but I kept wanting more and I kept wanting to buy stuff. And only reason I wanted to make more money was to buy more stuff. And it was just, it was a little out of hand. I had maxed out my credit card. I was, I may have been 20, I was 22 by the time I maxed out. My first credit card because I was trying to buy all this stuff. It was that minority money mindset that we had to have something to show people that we had made it. And I'm doing that with air quotes. Like the things that I had were the reason why I was where I was at. Like I have all this stuff. I got the nice car, I got some rims on it. I don't own a home yet, but I got a ton of shoes and I have a ton of clothes and I have, you know, the best stereo system in my car and all those things. And and it took me a while it took a long time even being in the financial services industry like i said it's the only thing that i've done so i worked at the bank and still didn't understand how money worked and then it was i had a conversation as i as i began to work at the insurance company and just so the timeline i had already been in the financial services industry for 11 years before i had this conversation about net worth <laughs> I didn't even know what net worth was. And so I was talking to my mentor at the time and we started to have this conversation about net worth completely changed my whole understanding of how money works and why it's so important to have that net worth. The thing that I wanted to wrap up this with is talking about why it's so important for us to change that minority money mindset and ultimately change that complexion of wealth is that you have to be able to make tough Choices, the tough choices that you make about what you do with your money is going to make such an impact in not only your life, but the life of your children and their children and their children. And one thing that I'd always think about when it came to my clients, so I would talk to my clients and I would ask them a question. Now, the name of my firm is Gen Next Wealth. And the reason why. I named it Gen Next Wealth is because I wanted to teach minorities about creating generational wealth. And so I would ask my clients a question and sometimes it it sounds, it's going to sound kind of rude or mean, but I would ask this question, I'd say, do you know who your great, great grandparents are? And usually the response, they would say, no, you know, most people don't know their family lineage that far back. I I don't even know. And then I would answer that right after that. And I would say, you know why you don't know who they are? It's because they didn't leave you anything. Let that sink in, because there's some names of families that I'm going to mention right now that left a legacy behind. The Rockefeller family, J.P. Morgan, the Carnegie's, the Kennedy's. That's just a few names of prominent families in the United States that have legacies that they left. The goal is to change the complexion of wealth. If we're going to change that complexion of wealth, if we're going to make impacts, we're going to make strides on doing that, we have to be able to set up stuff for our families. We have to be able to set up something where we leave our families legacies, not debt. Where We leave them money, where we leave them some direction, where we have those money conversations across the table, where we have those tough conversations about what's going to happen to the family if something happens to you. And I didn't want to make people feel bad by saying that when I would ask the question, you know, do you know who your great-grandparents are? But I really wanted to make a point. Just because you don't know who they are doesn't mean that your great-great-grandchildren won't know who you are or can't know who you are. Fun story. I believe it was the Rockefeller family. It was the reason why every one of the children knew who great-great-grandfather Rockefeller was, was because every year on their birthday, they would get a check from him. He had set up a trust, and in this trust, it was for his grandchildren, and they would get a check from their great-great-grandfather every year on their birthday. How incredible would that be? How incredible would that be to be able to set up your family years from now? The great-grandchildren that you would never ever meet would know who you were because you left them something. And it doesn't necessarily have to be money, but I'm just saying that's an incredible thing to be able to do. Thank you for joining me on this podcast today. We're going to have many different guests on the podcast from many different backgrounds in the backgrounds that we talked about where we're going to get experts in different fields so that we can learn together. One of the sayings I love to say is iron sharpens iron. So I'm going to make sure that we bring on great guests so they can help Sharpen us and we can sharpen them. We're going to have people on that are dealing with things in communities that are going to help with education that are going to help with numerous different things. And so I hope you guys are as excited as I am. I just wanted to give you a little history and background of who I am and my passion for education, for teaching. And I hope that you will listen, subscribe to this podcast. Please let me know topics that you'd want to hear you'll be able to do that in the show notes and without further ado this is the minority money podcast where we are trying to change the complexion of wealth another great showdown but it doesn't have to stop there be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast app you're listening on now and give it a good rating would you If you feel really connected to the podcast, which I hope you do, find our Facebook community, Minority Money VIP, to support and be supported by others just like you. And again, we're glad to have you. While this podcast is meant to inspire and motivate you to live your best life, it can't be your complete one stop shop. I know, I know that really sucks, but I don't know anything about your specific situation. So please reach out to an attorney or CPA or you can reach out to me, a financial planner. To help you with your specific situation to get a hold of us, please reach us at fan at minority money podcast. That's F-A-N at minority money podcast so we can get to know you there. Thanks for being here. And until next time.